Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe, George and Joe. It is backed up by data. Don't come to me and say, it's not data. It's all data. And it's scientific. And it is a platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you are bold and brave. You dare greatly. You're solving problems. You're changing the world as we speak. That's why we celebrate you on this podcast. And we also, if you could tell by the buzzy buzz in the background, we are broadcasting on-site SMRP 30th Annual. 30th. How about that one? Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it is swimming with problem solvers like the two gents that are in the house, George and Joe. Liability X is good cracking. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, Thanks you guys are legends. <laughs> Thanks. Those legends it. are in. <laughs> they know more about reliability than I do, which is pretty much 99% of everybody here. So, how are you guys doing? Having a good show? So far, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been an aw- you know, yeah. last year was kind of first time back. Yeah. This year is now like, you know, double, so you get it the is. excitement it's that awesome. you used to have, right? So it feels normal, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I went up to the ballroom, because I, I can't understand the, the conversation, so I just sort of, man knows his limitations, but I went up to the ballroom, and it was full, and I was, I was dazzled. You don't, you don't get a sense, you get, yeah, there's, but, there's, you know, stuff happening. Man, when you see them all in one room, yeah. yeah. Yeah, home run, man. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I kind of like that, man. Yeah, for All right. For the listeners, it's level set because I can say George is a hell of a guy, and I can say George is, and Joe is a hell of a guy, but tell us why. Joe, you start. Background. Uh, Background. Um, You know, uh, 25-plus years as a practitioner before going out on my own, a lot of food and pharma um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And... um, in leadership roles, uh, started out as a, a mechanic, worked my way up, type of thing. Um, and again, you know, been doing this for a long time. A lot of certifications, and uh, a great business partner that makes me look good. So, you know, yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah, you got you, you have a trophy chest. Let's put it that way. But we can talk about that trophy <laughs> chest later. George, give us a little background. Yeah, I, so very similar. Joe started out as maintenance mechanic, worked my way up uh, in pharma. Uh, ultimately responsible globally uh, for reliability within that organization. Uh, CMRP, CRL, all the fancy acronyms, yeah. CMRP of the Year award winner, all that great stuff. And then three years ago, we decided to partner up and start Reliability X. I was there. I remember when they were just a fledgling company. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell fledgling. I know it means small. It sounds great. Do you think, and this is, I'm going to digress a little bit here. Both of you have that uh, pharma food background. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Do you think that there's greater adoption in those industries versus, let's say, manufacturing? I, I, I think there's a focus for quality. Do you think that there's a greater adoption of that? I don't care. If I throw it out for both of you guys, you can I, walk on each other. I don't care. <laughs> I'd say in pharma, there's a, a much, much greater um, expectation of it uh, and it. And all of their processes are documented, but that doesn't mean they're good ones. Right. Yeah. No, but you, but but this 
this sort of is a bridge to the conversation we were ha- or having prior to the convers- this podcast, and that is all the technology, all of this, all of this is great stuff. You walking up and down the hall, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a great tool, that's a great tool, that's a great tool. But the reality is, it, it's really a human equation, right? For sure. And, and I think, uh, and we're seeing it a lot here too, is everyone's looking for that one thing. That silver bullet. Right. And I'm like, you know, if if we came up with a software that they could download that would eliminate all their problems, I mean, that would be phenomenal. Wait, the CMMS doesn't do that? (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) That is reliability trash talk. (laughs) That is right. That is. (laughs) Let's just call it. But everybody's looking for that thing, and it doesn't exist. And and, um, we've gotten away from understanding it's as simple as application of knowledge we're all here to learn um, but what are we going to take back and apply to develop the skills necessary to get that stuff out of the system so this is always the, the to, to me it's it, there's inflation so it's a it's a here's the two million dollar question and the, the two million dollar <laughs> question is where do you start who do you trust it's, that, it's, it's like, again, I, I mean, I, I got all these tools, but I've I, I got to find that trusted Sherpa. Where do I start? You do that. Do that. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, I think uh, everyone has a different level of where they're at, right? Whether it's from an organization or personally. And how they tie into those things to make a difference. Some folks get hung up on what's the right one thing when taking one step is better than no steps. And so, you know, but, but I'm going to I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. That one step gets knocked back real quick if if that there's no continuity from the leaders, right? Yeah, no doubt. And that's frustrating. Yeah. And so a connection and understanding of what the business objectives are and how your assets achieve those objectives and seeing where the value is missing. Where are we missing the value that produces the results for the company? Uh, and that value could be in operations, in, in, in either downtime or speed losses or things like that, where it could be in risk associated with your assets, depending on your industry, depending on lots of factors. And I think folks have to have an understanding of what's the value proposition of their asset and how do I make sure that's what we're achieving. What often fails and what our organization focuses on is the training, the coaching, and the education on exactly how to articulate that so that you get a win and get support so that you can go yeah. down a further path. Yeah, I, I like I like defining, clearly defining a quick win. Because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody is just like, yeah, show me, show me, Joe, Joe, show me. And so when you, when you go into an organization, Reliability X, I want to give them a plug right here. The brain children of reliability action. And there's a fan. Is that yeah. is that your fan? That's our only fan. It's the really? only that's I not thought, the website. That oh, is he, literally our only fan. So oh, and that's okay, man. We just we're just excited that there's a fan. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So anyway, uh, when you go into organizations, you go how do you approach an organization and say, Hey, Hi, Joe. We have, we're feeling pain. I don't know what the pain is. I know that it's not right. I, I, I'm just sort of up in the air about the whole thing. How do you start to approach me where I'm just like, oh my gosh, pain, pain everywhere. 
So how do you normally approach it? So we have a series of tools and processes we put together when we walk in to assess basically the situation and where their pain points are um, and then showing them you know through training and 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 you know just bringing awareness basically to what those problems are and help them develop a strategy to go after those things Um, and so I know I do that all the time with the clients that I'm working with we you know it kind of depends on the industry and things like that how you're going to approach it but uh, really it is, is is getting people up to a level of awareness where they understand where the problem is and then they uh, getting helping them develop the competencies needed to help address the issues at hand and so that again it comes through so a lot of education and training and maybe hand-holding as well to get the ball rolling. I was going to go down that road. So here's the deal. All right. I still, I'm paying. I hear what you have to say, Joe. I, I'm all there and I'm looking at the spreadsheet, whatever the process is. Mm-hmm. I'm on the whiteboard. Yes, I got it. When do you, this is to you, George, when do you just sort of say, all right, I'm going to start pulling off those training wheels a little bit, but I'm going to be coming back. I'm going to keep you a little stable. I'm going to, how, how long is it? The typical engagement, what, what's what's that look like? It is uh, as long as it takes to evolve the culture to a point of ownership. There is no set time limit on that. Yeah, if no you move faster than you can evolve the culture, you fail. Yeah. And so we focus on people because that's the only place success comes from. You call out the OEM vendor 25 times and they reset your machine and PM it, and a week later you're running like crap again. And that's a people thing, it's not a machine thing. And what we focus on is the, we don't, it's not cultural change, it's cultural evolution. You are bringing awareness, education, understanding, and when you get people far enough along the change curve, then you can implement. If you implement before the culture is evolved enough to accept it, you fail. Yeah, that makes sense to me, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. The, the area that, and it's always a human equation, it, it, it just is. So you know, Joe, you know when, when you've, you've reached those milestones of saying, okay, and you... And, and I just I throw this out because it, if it's a human equation, you're having some challenging conversations with management and saying, hey, Scott is he's a good guy. However, he's not in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have those conversations? Do mm-hmm. you do those assessments? Do you have I don't want to be in your shoes type conversations? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they're. But um, they're real. You have to. Yes. So the way I look at it, right, is it's the 10-80-10 rule and that there's 10% of people in your organization that are ready for the change. They want it. They they welcome it. Just 10? Yeah. Oh, and gosh. then uh, there's 80% of the people. Yeah. 80% of the people are kind of your fence sitters. They've seen this before. The yes. flavor of the month is coming. So until they start to see some success, they're just sitting back and waiting. The bottom 10%, no matter what, they're showing up to get their paycheck, and you're not going to move them very far. Um, So what we do is we set out to find that 10%. The uh, lower 10%. The the upper 10, 10, right? 
Yeah, because the upper 10 will create the momentum necessary to reach your tipping point. You get those advocates in there. They get those, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And so we go out to the floor. Um, you know, they know what some of the problems are. Maybe I'm out there hand-holding, helping them troubleshoot issues to make them go away, that type of thing. So um, they're seeing it in action as well um, and that they can replicate it. And then we get those little quick wins. There's always a low-hanging fruit. Um, they're fairly easy to identify and go after. And then you start to see people will pull off of the fence, the ones that are sitting on that fence and saying, hey, I, I kind of like this. Hey, this might work. Yeah. Hey, this is going to be different. Yeah. Um, and you'll, you'll get to a point over a period of time as you continue to solution some of these things that you'll hit your tipping point. And again, you, you, didn't, you didn't answer my question. Yeah. What's George, yes, do you do, do, uh, do you do assessments to determine their capabilities? And then, you know, because there's going to be gaps. Yeah. And then there's going to be ones that you're going to have to have that conversation. I think that that's the right. But then in a world of where we have tight resources and all that, I don't know how you guys do it. I'm going I'm gonna to so, back away now. So, uh, so I, what's interesting about your, your question and comment is oftentimes for us, people quit the organization. So, oh, that's interesting. So when we come in and they realize that what the, ah. the new level, the new bar of expectation is outside of what they want in their career, ah. they will oftentimes leave the organization. Attrition. Right. And so, and that happens, you know, with clients we work with sometimes at the VP level, sometimes at the management level, and sometimes at the shop floor level. Um, some folks are perfectly happy just showing up and doing as little as possible. Uh, and when the bar and no. expectation are set differently, they have to make business decisions. Right. Which then begs the question of, okay, so you have this attrition. It's, it's moving. It's happening everywhere. And people are cannibalizing other companies, whatever it is. Interesting time. Do you guys set up a sort of a plan of attack on how to keep that skilled funnel flowing? Yes. We're huge on developing the pipeline, especially when it comes to skilled trades. Yeah. Um, and what we do is we normally work with clients to develop their operators because it's a lot easier to pull in operators than it is skilled trades. And so, ah, you know. So in-house. In-house. You upskill them. Yeah, yeah. In essence. Yeah. yeah. Well, you find, you know, and, and there's pros and cons, right? Typically, you're grabbing your best operators. Um, and working on them. So when you pull them, it leaves operations sometimes at a deficit. But um, at the same time, they're still there and available. And as long as you're documenting and doing things that will help um, th those upcoming operators, they're typically fine. Yeah, and I, I think you have to, especially in today's world, I think you have to sort of sweeten the opportunity to be a part of something bigger. Right. That means training. That means... I, I, and if you guys are the expert, not me, and asking for their opinions, help us be mm -hmm. a better company, whatever that that whole collaborative uh, push is, because you're never going to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve if you don't have that buy and that human buy, and that's up up and down the chain. Mm -hmm. It is, and you communicate differently, and you work yeah. differently uh, in that vertical, right? So down at the shop floor level. You know, you can't tell them you're going to get 
the cost savings for an initiative. That's they don't care about that. That's not really relevant to them, right? It's about making their job easier, less stressful, giving them quality of life. And when you talk to senior leadership, it's about how those things achieve business objectives. If if we're not making people's jobs easier, we're failing. How do you deal with? Because I, I can keep on riffing on, and I know we need to go, but. How do you deal with the fact that you, if you, you hammer the hello hanging fruits, right? And everybody's like, yeah, that was easy. Look at the wonderful things that are going on. <laughs> and then it levels out. And all of a sudden, those are all taken care of. Good. But then, then the, the benefits or whatever just start to sort of level out. You, you have to have sort of that macro understanding that everything is, is improved and efficient you might not see that, wow, that's a million dollars to the bottom line. That, that, all right, that's great. How do you deal with that? How's that story going? Right, so for me, it's, it's if we can get an organization to even be at a point where they think they've plateaued, we've done a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, I don't think, okay. I, so if the organization should not accept any defects. And so if they're to a point where they're into minutia and they're trying to find the little tiny efficiency gains, because we're now effective, that company is running in a world-class state by then. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going after go. your low-hanging fruit. The process in doing so is problem-solving. And what you're doing is is you're, you're honing your problem-solving skills through repetition. And then as it starts to plateau off, it's a lot of the chronic issues, the harder, that have multi-layer root causes. Uh, yeah. But it's the same process. And now that we've done this 6,000 times, although it's a more difficult problem and it might require, say, more funding or a re-engineer or something like that, we still have the tool set to be able to, to, to solution it. It just might take us longer at that time. You guys are awesome. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Definitely can chirp on this for a long time. George, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach us at www.reliabilityx.com. Email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. Connect yeah, because us they own the company, and that's that's how you get a hold of the, the big thinkers in the company. Right <laughs> <laughs> and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's the deal. I'm going to have all the contact information out on Industrial Talk, so fear not. You will be able to get a hold of these two gents, which you need to, because they're, I think you guys are addressing really the root cause of a lot of the it's the technology's cool. I get the shiny look at it, and I got it, but it really is gets down to the, the human element, and I think that it's a great career, but trust these guys. These are trusted Sherpas. All right. Once again, we're broadcasting from the 30th Annual SMRB Conference here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and as you can tell, we're hanging out with some incredible problem solvers. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, as we wrap up our conversation at the 30th Annual SMRP Conference, I want to give a hearty thank you to both George Williams, CEO, Big Wig, and then Joe Anderson, COO, Other Big Wig, with Reliability X. They definitely know much about reliability. So you need to reach out to these two gents. Reliability X is the company. We'll have all the contact information, as you know, out on Industrial Talk because you need to continue to educate, collaborate with those two guys and innovate 
because you need to keep that asset up and running. You need to be able to make that a focus because we need you to succeed. And these two gents are passionate about your success. All right. Again, put SMRP on your calendar. If you're if you're into maintenance, reliability, whatever it might be, uh, that is a excellent. I mean, excellent conference for you to attend. And I think this year, no, no, 2023, will be in Orlando. So that's not bad either. So check that out. The contact and all the information for SMRP 31st Annual will be out there. All right, be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Hang out with George and Joe, and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming to you from SMRP shortly. So stay tuned.